0: So, what are some of the lessons that the healthcare sector should learn from recent cyber trends, including the recent mega breach revealed by Equifax? And what direction should health IT products be taking when it comes to properly protecting patient data? I'm Marianne Kolbusak-McGee, executive editor of Information Security Media Group. Today, I'm speaking with attorney Maya Aparulu, who recently joined Kroll and Mooring as an associate in the law firm's healthcare group. Before joining the firm, Maya held a number of government positions, including work on the innovation team at the Office of the National Coordinator for Health IT at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. So now, Maya, for starters, what are some of the top cybersecurity trends that you're seeing that are having the greatest impact on the healthcare sector? and why?
1: So one of the things that I worked on a lot when I was in the government were two things. One, there's a lot of interest now, as I'm sure you've heard, around patient-generated health data. So how can we as a healthcare system start to look at patient-reported outcomes using real world data that is being collected from patients through the use of, for example, wearable and implantable sensors? And then there was a lot of also interest and attention. In 2015, ONC, my former office, worked on new regulations that would require the use of application programming interfaces or APIs as part of certified EHR technologies. So there was a lot of interest there about how do we keep this secure. I think that the industry realizes that this is a more efficient and easier way for patients to get access to the data that they need and also, you know, for providers eventually for transitions of care. But there was a lot of interest and concern around security when it comes to these APIs, which is a new direction for the healthcare industry, even though the rest of the consumer internet runs on APIs and other parts of the consumer experience that you and I would have when we're just browsing the internet is powered by APIs. But it is a new thing for healthcare. And So there was some justifiable and legitimate concerns around security. But I think that we are in a place now where we're seeing some really exciting progress. A lot of forward-thinking innovative providers are starting to experiment with this, starting to experiment with allowing patients to send their own data up to their provider. This is uh, super important when it comes to management of chronic conditions such as diabetes. An endocrinologist now could see, for example, their patient's blood glucose levels through a remote monitoring device in their EHR, and they can track them over time as opposed to that patient potentially having to drive in for repeated visits, Maybe it takes them an hour to get there, this can also be very useful when it comes to our most vulnerable patients who may not have access to transportation, it may be harder for them to get the time off of work to come visit their doctor, so a lot of these technologies can make life a lot easier for these patients and for their providers.
0: And Maya, as you made reference to the work that you did at ONC, when it comes to the regulatory re- requirements related to the certification of health IT products and their so-called meaningfully used by healthcare providers, do you think the impact of the regulations have been positive or negative on the developing security and privacy protections of health data in these products? The regulations provide a
1: good baseline and a guideline for providers and and, and when they're using their health IT products to understand what they're getting, right? When they purchase a, health, a certified health IT product, they know that there is a guaranteed baseline for what those products have attested to ONC and to the certification bodies that they Contain So it's a, it's a good thing from a transparency point of view, especially if you're a provider trying to make different purchasing decisions in the market. Having said that, providers and certified EHR technologies can always go above and beyond that baseline to do more when it comes to security. And I think that while it provides a good, a level kind of playing field and some transparency, there is always more that can be done in terms of best practices, and I think that we're seeing a lot of this with, you know, the recent attention with medical device security, which is not necessarily it's not certified DHR technology, but that's an area where I think there is a lack of transparency in contrast, and a lot of attention and concern about a lack of a, a baseline that providers can kind of know what they're getting, know how this device is going to work with the rest of the devices in their hospital setting, for example. So I do think that it has been a net positive.
0: So now, Maya, ONC just recently announced that it's easing some of the so-called burden related to health IT certification, including allowing developers to, quote, self-declare that their products conform to certain certification requirements rather than have these products tested by ONC-authorized testing labs. Do you think this will be potentially good or bad for the security of health IT products, and why?
1: The announcement pointed out two things. One, there's an increased focus on self-declaration, and then there's going to be a a greater priority, it seems, on complaint-driven surveillance as opposed to randomized surveillance. Personally, I think that randomized surveillance has a really big role to play given that when you get to the point of a complaint driven issue, it's already a problem. And I think randomized surveillance can do a lot to detect prob- like to detect issues and kind of help consumers before you get to that point. And if you look at like the eClinical works example, that took years of work to kind of remedy that and get to a a resolution. So I I would like to see more of an emphasis on on the randomized aspect of surveillance. And when it comes to self-declaration, you know, there's a lot with testing that I think, I, I realize that there is a desire to reduce the regulatory burden and that ONC's rule is pretty long, as are a lot of the federal regulations. But I personally think that the testing aspect of it is so important and there are other ways to reduce regulatory burden by, for example, you know, reducing the number of things that we're asking EHR technologies to certify to. But keeping testing really strong is pretty important. So I guess we'll see how it plays out.
0: So, Maya, over the last few years, there's been a lot of scrutiny by Congress about the level of interoperability among health IT products. What's the impact of the focus on EHR interoperability when it comes to patient data security? For instance, in the quest by vendors to try making their products more interoperable so that patient data can be more easily exchanged among clinicians, is there a risk that security protections could fall short? Along the lines of
1: what I kind of mentioned already, when it comes to the positives of certified EHR technology, like it does create a baseline. However, manufacturers, health IT developers, the community is always welcome to kind of go above and beyond. And I think if they want to experiment with different ways of achieving greater security and protecting patients' data, they should absolutely do that. And you'll also see an emphasis, you know, on the federal side of the community coming together to form standards. Obviously ONC is very involved in that process. And as is industry, and I think that there's absolutely a role in which they can look at all the increased hill activity and all the regulatory attention on this and say industry needs to come together to achieve certain standards that they think are going to allow them to protect patient privacy and security, but also allow for a level of innovation. And I think when industry steps up to do that, the federal government's only going to encourage that.
0: So, Maya, in the past, we've seen a number of massive breaches impacting millions of individuals' personal information ranging from the Office of Personnel Management to Anthem and, most recently, the Equifax breach. What are the most important lessons for healthcare sector organizations that you see emerging from these breaches, especially the Equifax breach?
1: Much of the commentary around Equifax has been around organizations need to be more prepared, not only to identify risks before they become widespread problems and respond to those threats, but also to remediate, to notify, to repair damage after a breach. And I think this advice absolutely holds true for healthcare systems, too. But these imperatives, I think, are a lot harder to manage for smaller healthcare providers that are more resource-strapped. Small clinics don't have access all the time to large IT teams that can constantly keep track of the latest information when it comes to security threats. And those smaller clinics and community hospitals are providing care to some of our most vulnerable patients sometimes. So it's a really big issue. And I think that if these providers have to go offline for days or weeks because of a breach those patients are left in a really terrible position. So it's a big public safety concern, not to be all doom and gloom, but I think as this becomes a bigger problem, you know, providers are using more and more of these sensors, wearables, and implantables, as I mentioned before, that allow them to get a continuous stream of information. There's also some momentum and attention in from the payer side in paying for these. So I think the problem's only going to get bigger. Having said that, I think there's a lot that can be done within industry. You know, given, again, all this increased regulatory and hill attention, the timing seems right for a lot of these, device manufacturers, health IT developers to come together with their provider customers and share threat information, for example, establish best practices and standards. And I think the more that industry comes together to share that information, particularly about threats that they're seeing, about incidents, about how they're responding, and create some of those resources for the community, the Better Off will all be, including patients from a patient safety perspective. And it'll be easier for organizations of all sizes that serve all different kinds of patients to get access to that information information and be prepared to keep their system safe. So I think it's easy for us to kind of say, be prepared, be prepared, be prepared, have a plan, figure out how you're going to notify people in case of a breach. I think that was a big issue, right, with Equifax and how long it took. But we also want to make sure that, at, that all sizes of diverse organizations are able to do the best practice there. And I think a lot of these community resources standards will help them get there.
0: And finally, Maya, any predictions about the regulatory front moving forward when it comes to health data privacy and security issues? For instance, do you think we'll see any changes to the HIPAA rules or the direction that regulatory guidance or HIPAA enforcement goes within the next few years and why? As you know, the Office of Civil
1: Rights at HHS has been very active in the last couple of years under Devin McGraw's leadership, and they've done a great job, I think, of responding to the community where people in the community, um, companies feel confused about certain issues and have kind of repeated questions that come to OCR. I think they've done a great job of being very responsive, and not only they've issued guidance around the cloud, they issued guidance around patients getting access to their data. As I mentioned, it was a big issue in the community. How are we going to do this? through APIs, through certified health technologies. And so I think they've been very responsive, and they'll probably only continue to do so. I know that things like text messaging is still a big issue for a lot of the innovative startups that we, that we work with because that's kind of one of the main ways in which they can easily communicate with their customers. So things like that are kind of um, unresolved issues. As you know, HIPAA is supposed to be technology neutral. And so while I think you know OCR is not in a position to issue specific opinions on how certain technologies are should be designed right in order to be HIPAA compliant I think what they can do is issue you know as these frequently asked questions come up again and again issue more of this guidance and I think they've been very energetic on that front and I think it's a great thing when it comes to other types of Hill activity for example I will I will just note with the medical device industry there's two bills pending um, on the hill so Senator Blumenthal has the medical device cybersecurity Act which would create create some more market transparency requiring a report card of information to HHS. I think the idea there is that this information could be released to the public and, again, help physicians, providers make better decisions when they're purchasing. And then there's another one called the Internet of Things Cybersecurity Improvement Act. That goal would be to provide federal agencies with a level of assurance about the device security when they make procurement decision. So basically using the huge purchasing power of the federal government to establish some of these baseline cybersecurity guidelines. So I think we're seeing a lot of interest on the Hill, and OCR seems poised to develop more guidance in the coming years.
0: Thanks, Maya. I've been speaking to Attorney Maya Apoluru. I'm Marianne Kolbasek bagie of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.